Yes. Hey, man. It's been a minute. It has been. It has been. Good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to get the All Things Footy podcast back. TCF is back. We are here. Uh, we're happy to be back. And uh, yeah, you know what? Big sincere apology out to all those Iowa soccer dads. We're going to make sure we're going to stay consistent with this one. Um, but yeah, no, it feels good to be back. What do you think, Polly? Yeah, you know, they're not very forgiving people, so we can't, <laughs> can't let this happen again. Yeah, no, they've been on our backs for a while. <laughs> uh, no, but all good, all good, man. Everybody, I mean, obviously pretty excited for the new FM 21 that just came out, and I'm hearing a lot of really good things, you know. Um, FM's been getting quite a bit of stick in the past, you know, for not updating some key stuff like graphics and the match engine, but I hear this year it's uh, it's looking really good. They say this is the one to buy, like, from the last decade, so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm waiting till right now, like you said, the the beta's out, and so I'm waiting for the official one to come out. I might as well go ahead and pre-order. I know I'm gonna buy it anyway. So what am I really waiting for? Yeah, I think there's five dollars off for getting it now till the 24th. So yeah, and then you can wait two weeks for everything to get fixed up and get straight to it. Nice, nice. What are you looking forward towards the, the most about the new FM? It's always tough because the game is so detailed already. Um, but as you play, you can always kind of tell, like, the little things that they upgrade. But like I said earlier, I hear the match engine is a lot better, just a lot more realistic, like the decision-making and the movements of, you know, all the players. So it'll be cool to see that. But um, also, you know, the tactic screen has always been a big a big thing of mine. I like to see how they upgraded that, if they added any new roles or anything like that. Yeah, I really, th- I honestly really think uh, from FM 19 to 20 was a massive jump, especially with the training aspect and all that. I thought it was huge. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see like, you know, what else they're going to improve as well. I think it's going to be sweet. I mean, I, I know right now I am jamming FM so hard until the new one really officially fully comes out. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I've been cramming in these hours, especially because here in Germany, we're on lockdown. So got really uh not much else to do yeah no understandable all the, all the real players finish their fm20 saves right now and wait yeah a little bit. <laughs> yeah yeah you just you keep going you keep going until the last minute we've uh you know to give a little update about my save i for those that have listened in the past obviously i was playing um with a buddy of mine uh who is he's he was at the time in new zealand but now he's in ireland and so we've been getting up around 6 a.m. every day of my time to start. And we literally will play from 6 a.m. to 10, p- 10 a.m. A good solid four hours to start the day. And then we get our, our days going. Um, but I'm hopping. I'm hopping all over the place. You know, I, I, I left Dundee. I went to, I think, I want to say it's Angers uh, in France. Had a really horrible spell. Got sacked. Got the big sack. Um, struggled to get a job and then have landed as the Finnish national team manager and also um, a team in the second league of Scotland. So I'm back in Scotland where I kind of originated uh, in the save. And it feels good. It feels good to be back. We're struggling in Scotland, but Finland, we're flying right now. Yeah. That, that, no days off, honestly. International and club management. I love it. 
Yeah, so I, I um I just beat Slovakia in a semifinal to qualify to you know hopefully qualify for the Euros, and uh, I play Greece in like two days, but I also have a game uh, in Scotland on the same day. So um, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> what was I going to say? I forgot to ask you earlier. Do you have any like good wonder kids for the national team? For the national team, yes, I do. Um, his name is. Uh, it's like Yuho, Yuho uh, Popovin, Popovin or something like that. He's a, he's, but he's a, he's a, he's a wonder kid. He's 19. And in real life, he is, uh, he's playing in Portugal. Oh, so he's actually real. Yeah. This guy's real. It's 2024. Well, well, no, I, 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 I just hoped he was real. There's no way he's actually real. (laughs) He's 19. He's 2020. He's playing in uh, Portugal for Porto, like Porto B. Oh wow, yeah, he's pretty good then. Yeah, so he's doing really well. But I, I brought him up. I, he was, he was just like kind of under the radar at the under twenty ones, and yeah, um, I kind of brought him up and gave him a chance. And our first game, no, he did really well. Played a full. We went into double extra time, pins and everything. Played, did really well. So happy. What uh, what what about you? Where are you in your save? So at the moment, I don't know where I left off last time. I'll go just real quick. Um, but right now I'm in Greece uh, managing Iraklis. In real life, they're actually under like some serious financial uh, problems. But uh, they made the second division from like the fifth. I didn't manage them at this time. But um, I saw they're in the second division, took the job there, brought them up to the first tier. We finished fifth. But we didn't get any European spot, so just trying to get that top four spot this year. But we've signed some pretty uh, exciting guys. I mean, I'm in like 2031 right now, so it's all all regens, all made up guys. But honestly, it's my favorite stage of the game for some reason. I, I love these like later years. I don't know. That's what FM's about. 2030. What's the? Is this the longest one you might have had, or have you had a longer one in the past? I've gone is 2034, and that was an FM. Wow. I think, yeah. Yeah, but uh, like you, you've never been at a club long. Like uh, I, I actually heard, and I never knew about this. If you stay at a club for 10 years, the game makes like gives you like a kid. Like you have a kid and enrolls it into the academy. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I think it's it's just a possibility. I think I heard it's like really rare to get a kid. Uh, but uh-huh. I don't know what the odds are. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, imagine having a son in FM. Yeah, <laughs> he just goes on. He just bees like he just goes on to be like everything you want it to be. <laughs> I would love him more than my actual son. Yeah, yeah. No, I would. I would cherish his his development very seriously. I would take it very seriously. Um, awesome. <laughs> but, no, yeah, just pretty much in Greece now, and I, I'm now that I've you know heard about your save i might take up an international job too we'll see i don't know yeah no to be honest i i never was one for doing it this is actually my first one i i turned down opportunities to do it but i i was kind of desperate to get back into it uh when i got sacked in france so uh i took it up and i actually kind of been enjoying it but it's much better if you're also with the club it sucks if you're you know just doing national team oh, yeah it's like every three months you, you know, you get together, you play one game. That's, that's not fun. Yeah. Um, but it is a lot of scouting. Like I go and like watch a lot of the games. <laughs> um, 
and scout my players and whatnot and see who's in form and whatnot. I actually like it. I've always just like wanted to focus big on my club, but like international management, so it's a lot like so much going on at once, especially like if you're in two different countries and you manage in Scotland with your club and then uh, you're keeping tabs on the Finnish national team, like you're just all over the place. But that's, that's the beauty of FM. You know, you learn stuff you don't typically hear about. Yeah, I thought, I thought it would be, I mean, obviously you could do it in the same country as well. I tried to get a Finnish job because you know how much we love doing a save in Finland. Oh yeah. You and I, um, I tried, but I, I, you know, the Scotland opportunity came up quicker. And I actually thought, well, you know, for club, it would just, um, it would expand my, like, uh, knowledge of, like, countries and the players and the leagues. So it went for scouting. Uh, so I thought, oh, why, why not do it in two different countries? Uh, but I've actually started to buy, like, 18, 19-year-olds who don't have a club in Finland, and I put them on my reserves team. Oh, and like, yes, I do. yeah. So I'm, I'm building a Finnish factory in Scotland. What a legend. Love it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Finland and like one of our past saves, um, you, you, I mean, obviously it's probably still in your memory. Our last one when we were in New Zealand together, um, and I ended up at Rangers. Um, and you, where were you? I think it was. TPS or VPS? TPS. Yes, I don't really remember. It was a dark time. You know, I don't like to dark. go back in those days. <laughs> don't like reliving those days. Yeah, no, tough tough times. And I ended up getting the Rangers job. But one of my goals, and I actually didn't get to achieve, I got close, but was to win the league uh, with Rangers and overtake Celtic, which is actually right now in real time, in real football, uh, that's happening with Steven Gerrard, right? Oh yeah, he's he's on fire. Honestly, when him and Lampard went into management, I really didn't know how it would go for them. I thought Lampard would be better just because you know he's at Chelsea and he'll have more resources and stuff. But Gerard, it's people don't realize how difficult it is to overtake Celtic in Scotland. I don't even think they're having a bad year, Celtic. I just think Rangers are truly the best team in Scotland right now. Um, and part of it, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how he's gotten the best out of his players, whether it's man management or he's, you know, just figuring it out over there. Um, yeah. Everywhere as a player, so he knows a thing or two. But as a coach, he's been he's been amazing. So credit to him. Yeah, I'm out there. I mean, I have I've been keeping up with like the league standings, but I haven't really like tuned in and watched any highlights or any games. I'm gonna have to go back and kind of see how they're playing right now. Um, I mean, they got some quality players. I mean, uh, he's done really well. Is Morello still there? Yeah, Morello is still there. Uh, but he's he's a firecracker. Like, he, he, you know, he's getting – he gets sent off a lot and all that. So, um, I, I would be interested to really hear from Steven Gerrard, not, not like I would have a personal conversation, but an interview or something like that after his time with Morelos or after his time with the Rangers, like handling a, your, your first managerial job and you got to handle a player with a mentality like that, like that's tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean – That'd be like – that'd almost be like saying, I mean, not as big in stature, but like, you know, it's your first managerial job and you got Ibrahimovic in your squad, like the one of the biggest egos. Like yeah. Morelos has that kind of ego. He's always getting sent off. He's elbowing people. He's, he's just dirty. Um, but you love him. You love to have him in your team. 
Yeah, he's he's a really good player. He I can see him, you know, signing for a Premier League team in the future. And yeah, it's not like Gerard hasn't dealt with guys like this before. You know, I'm sure he's. True. I don't know how Martin Skirtle and Carragher. I don't know how they were, but they kind of seemed hot headed. Um, but then again, like he probably talks to Morello. He probably builds a relationship with him. Morello's probably he's not a bad guy at all. I bet. But some people, you know, when they, when they play, they're just a different animal. You know, he comes from Colombia. South Americans are so passionate about the sport when they play. It's just a different world for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Um, well, you know, we, we both watched the, if, if you guys that are listening also don't know about us, there's another podcast out there. You should always continue to tune into all things footy, but if you want to expand your horizons and listen to other podcasts, high performance podcasts, it's available on YouTube. Uh, they have great guests, like unbelievable. Uh, so Steven Gerald was recently on and Paul and I both watched it and he kind of goes in depth about, you know, what it was like to manage, um, you know, stepping into a position straight from being a player. Um, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, he didn't have that 15 years that the Mourinho's had or the Brendan Rogers had to like prepare themselves for like their first head, you know, being a head coach. Um, he just kind of had to step right into it and those opportunities kind of come, but he, he mentioned, he was like one of the first things he did I think uh, what he said it was like, you know, his wasn't his biggest learning curve, but something he started right in the beginning was, um, you know, we'll take away all the stresses because at the time Rangers were in a tough spot. He's like, you know, we'll, you know, the proper training, you know, uh, you know, equipment, you know, uh, meal, you know, we're making sure all your stresses, you're traveling nice. Uh, we're making sure that all those stresses are taken away just so you can give me your all in, fo in football and in training. Um, for those that know, like a few years back, Rangers went into like a big money problem. They dropped down all the way to like the fourth tier and like had had to work their way all the way back up. So that's what Steven Gerrard was talking about. You know, he had to take away all those stresses and say, look, we'll, you know, we'll take that away for you. Don't, you don't have to worry about that stuff. Just focus on football. Give me your all and, you know, good things will come. So I think it was a lot about man management for him uh, and his success. It's obviously taken time to get to where he is now, but yeah, uh, absolutely. Cause he's been, he's, he was a player and that's something he, you know, there's, there's two sides to it. You can, um, you know, be a manager and start really young and start learning under somebody, or you can have a, like a, you know, a really good playing career and then step into it. Uh, and there's benefits to both, you know, Players also, you know, players would obviously respect Steven Gerrard because he's been through what they've been through. You know, sometimes, and I've had it myself, have a manager that who doesn't have a playing career. And sometimes you're just, it's just natural. I don't know if it's like a bad mentality or not. So, you know, obviously there's going to be some smart coaches out there, obviously, but I've had coaches who have not played and I'm just like, you know, what, what are we doing? You know, what, you don't know what you're talking about or, um, you know, I, you kind of, or they don't know what it's like to be in my shoes kind of thing. Um, so it's tough. It would be, it would be really yeah, tough. Yeah, that's been a debate really just about all sports in general. Like, do you respect coaches who haven't played and stuff like that? And I honestly, I feel like you have to have played to some extent. You, you don't have to play professionally, but you'd, you'd have to like have years of experience in the sport for me. I just, there are so many things that, 
um, you don't really realize what it what it's like unless you you've experienced it on the field. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't think there are many managers at the top level who just haven't played at all. I, Arsene Wenger played semi-pro most of his career. He never really, you know, top player. Yeah, or this is true. Look at him. You know, he's he's a legendary manager, but. Uh, it's 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 a hot, tough conversation. Some people are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just you know you can learn about the sport." But having played it, just as a player in general, I've learned so much just from my own playing experience. And then coaching is just a different world too. You know, it's, you can never know too much. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's a it's a game where you're constantly trying to learn because the game's always evolving. You know, yeah. it's always changing. Uh, tactics are always changing. You know, way players are playing are always changing. They're becoming more athletic, but not only are they becoming more athletic, they're you know their technical ability is like on another planet these days. Um, so the game's always evolving, so you have to evolve with it. Yeah. With that much. being said, too, you can you yeah. could have been an amazing player and a terrible coach. You know that that can be a possibility as well. You know, there's examples of that absolutely in the world today. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe a, a a really debatable topic right now is like Terry Henry. Do you an unbelievable player, unbelievable, one of the best to ever play. But obviously had a really tough stint at Monaco. He's now at Montreal Impact. He's doing okay. He, he, he's. I think it's more. It's going to take time with him. But do you think he has? I mean, and it might be just too early to tell. But do you think he has has it in him to be a, a very successful manager? as what you know as at the same level as he was as a yeah player. i mean too early to say and then again i don't I don't know how he's been doing at montreal um I, i'd have to see him take like a job in europe and see from there you know like under, under a regular system where he, ha- he gets money to buy players and because the mls is a little more you know you got the draft and all that i don't know how well you can coach in the mls um this is true, but I mean, he was at Monaco. Oh yeah, they yeah. have a, fan, a fantastic budget. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, he didn't do very well there, did he? No, no, they were like last place for a, yeah. a good while. Uh, yeah, yeah, he got sacked. As of now, he hasn't um, really done too well, I guess. But in five years, that can change. I don't know. Then you know, you have guys like Ranieri, who won the Prem with Leicester, and most of his career before that hadn't really found success anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, that's also true. I mean, football is like that. You know, sometimes you're you're just grinding. I mean, we've seen it, you and I, as players. Uh, you know, you're, you've seen players in training, and they're, they're grinding, grinding, and, you know, all of a sudden, a player that you were playing with, training with alongside is, you know, playing in yeah. a really big league and making really yeah. good progress. Yeah. Uh, shout out Dior Angus. Timing's a big deal um, for players and coaches, so maybe he can find, find the right move and move on from there yeah yeah it'll take time for sure um something else that they talked about in this podcast with steven gerard the high performance podcast um you know he got recruited to liverpool at a really young age and the interviewer was asking you know what do you think made you stand out to liverpool uh at the age of eight or nine and gerard said competitiveness um, you know, if he lost, he wasn't the same. He would always react in a, like, you know, maybe in a bad manner 
it would just completely change his mood. Um, what, what's your what's your take on this? If you're a parent of a kid who has a really high competitive level, but maybe uh, reacts in a bad way, uh, you know, maybe is yeah, super angry, or also, you know, how do you how do you handle a player like that as a coach? Uh, you know, eight nine year old. Many people might punish that, but you ha- kind of have to learn how to, um, you know, make that grow into something. Good. Right. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, as a parent and as a coach, it, it, you got to handle it two different ways, in my opinion. As a parent, you got to put in his mind like, hey, you know, sports are great, but it's not life. You know, life is a lot more difficult. You know, you're just playing a game right now. Yeah, if you do well, you can make it a career and so on. But you just need to realize that it's not the end of the world if it doesn't go your way and make sure, you know, the reaction isn't too negative. So he kind of, you know, appreciates the sport a little more, he or she, sorry. And, um, yeah, I mean, competitiveness is great. There's there's good competitiveness and there's bad competitiveness. Um, but then it comes down to what's his performance like? Is he Is he, like towards the top end of his team? Does he need better guys around him? Because development, it's, it's best to develop when you're around better guys. So when you're competitive and you're kind of in the mid, middle range, that's good. You can you know, strive to become a better player and move on from there. But then again, as a coach, I don't know. I guess I haven't really dealt with too many like hyper-competitive kids. I guess you just want the environment to be exciting um, and make sure you get the most out of out of the kid every day, you know, just to, to improve him as a player. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, for me, if it was like a parent or something, I mean, I I hope I hope my kid is like ultra competitive. I really do. Um, I know I was at that age. I was really competitive. I think you know, as you get older, you, you kind of level out. And you're competitive, and maybe that is something that you know takes it to the like you know takes it you know that's also a factor that can take you into another level uh, if you can control it in the right way. And um, Jared kind of speaks about that. He liked to play on the edge. Uh, he talks about his disciplinary uh, record, always getting cards. You know, playing with the yellow, uh, and he get gets the yellow early on. That's because he's always going all out. He likes to play on the edge. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to, as a parent, you got to like control that and but make it seem, I don't know, I, I guess for me, like if my kid lost uh, in training, came home and he's just being a, yeah. a brat, <laughs> um, you know, I kind of would take him aside, obviously, uh, or he or she and say like, you know, what can you do better as a player? Why did, you know, why did your team lose? Or, you know, what, what happened? I don't want to punish, I don't think I want to like punish the 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 fact that he's being angry about losing because I think that's a good thing and he should hold on to that he or she should hold that on to as long as he uh, as they can but try to you know at an early age start saying you can always improve um, to make things better no. so I think that's how I would ha- I think that's how I'd handle as a parent as a coach um, I have definitely it's way more frustrating as a coach way more frustrating because they're getting mad in the training and it's right then and there when the parent gets the kid, it's after the session. It's it's done. Yeah. Yeah, They got time to calm down all that. 
you know, the drive home, you put the kid in the car, they might be, you know, ticked off. And then by the time they get home, they're a bit more level-headed and then you can actually talk to them. But as a coach, I've dealt with it many times uh, when I was coaching back home at a futsal academy. Um, and yeah, it's tough. It's really tough because you're trying to run a session for a group and benefit everybody. But sometimes you see a potential in a player and you really try to tailor towards you know, that player uh, a little bit. You try to kind of nurture them a little bit. You're not giving them, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you're not, you know, turning any kids away in doing so. But at the same time, like if he's disturbing the session and affecting the development of others, sometimes yeah. you have to sit them out. Like you just have to say, hey, go take yeah. a seat. Like I'm not going to let an eight, I'm not going to let an eight-year-old run my session. That's just, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. And that's something I, I would have to improve on because man, it, it's tough. But then, uh, yeah, I mean, there, you got two ways of looking at it. You can either sit them down and then they learn or you just kind of let it ruin your session and you kind of like see how it goes, but I would never let it ruin the development of other kids. I can't, yeah. They I can't say, they say the base of, you know, a kid's personality is, developed by 12 years old like if you're shy you're probably going to be a shy adult if you're you know hyper aggressive competitive you're probably going to be a competitive adult but as a coach as a teacher a parent whatever you can level that out you know and that's kind of what what you have to do in that situation is just kind of put in his mind like what's the best way to be competitive you know and make sure it's not at an extreme point or anything yeah yeah no it's a big it's a big job uh people need to realize like a youth coach is a really big role uh not only as like in their development of players but just as a person of right. who they you know who they are I've, I've learned we both learned many of our life lessons growing up playing um so it's a really big it's a really big ask from somebody oh, yeah. yeah for sure um well unfortunately this weekend no prim we got a little international break, but it is Nations League. Um, I mean, I think the the match or the, the the match that I'll watch out of the weekend that I'm looking forward to the most is yeah. Portugal France. Obviously, there's some other good games: Spain, Switzerland, Ukraine, Germany. That's a good one. Um, man, I I'm honestly Portugal France is going to be a really good one. France won the last World Cup. Portugal really strong team. Honestly, right now I think Portugal is the best team in the world. Um, and I think they have a really strong chance in the next World Cup. Like, uh, I'm kind of hoping they win the next World Cup. Um, so that's that's the game I'm looking forward to most. I'm kind of kind of I'm gonna go with like a I'm really gonna go with a two a two one Portugal on the Over weekend. France, yeah. We'll I mean, we don't really know what kind of team they'll put out. Nations is always tricky. I think if it mm -hmm. were the best eleven against the best 11 that'd be a great game to watch i don't know it, it'd be 50 50 really but we'll see what um what teams they put out i mean i know that kamavinga kid from france has been playing a lot they want to keep giving him minutes and you know, develop a bit yeah cool. yeah youngest kid youngest kid ever uh youngest to ever score yeah, for the he's, national team he's right insane. yeah yeah next level um man some of these young talents right now are really like putting their stamp on the game and, and you know to transition to the men's u.s men's national team the camp that they've called 
is extremely young, but really good solid players. And I'm really excited to see how this group develops. Uh, all these players are playing at big clubs in Europe or abroad. Um, they're young, but they're not the players that are young and just kind of, you know, yeah. sitting and not playing. They're, you know, they're making statement. You got your Gio Reyna. You obviously got your Christian Pulisic. Uh, one guy that I'm really looking forward to watching on Thursday when they play Wales is um, Johnny Cardoza. He's a Brazilian American. Yeah. He's playing at International uh, Internacional uh, in Brazil. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how how he plays. Um, uh, another one they just got is that Eunice kid uh, who plays for Valencia. He's starting for Valencia in the La Liga. He's originally from – he's British and an American. He's got an American parent, so he has a dual citizenship. He's the one that I'm really looking forward to. So some really exciting talent, um, you know, and they're making big moves. Weston McKinney's at Juventus. You got Sergio uh, Dest at Barcelona. Uh, I mean, you just got players at big clubs now. Gio Reyna at Dortmund, it, 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 it's a solid – Solid foundation to build. Oh, yeah, no now. doubt. I mean, the talent's there. We all know that at this point. Now it's just a matter of getting the team to gel and play well together. Um, if, you, if you look at it, like, stature-wise and where the guys are playing and their value, this is the most talented team ever, I think, that the U.S. So, 100%. But, I mean, we've been here so many times before. Um now it's just a matter of getting results, playing well, and taking it from there. They can definitely do it. There's also Conrad De La Fuente. I don't know if he got the call up, but he's another. Well, yeah, he did. He did. He's in the camp. Um, he's actually so yeah. He's been on the bench for Barcelona a few times. He's actually rumored to go on loan to get more minutes at Dortmund, and that'd be sick. Um, yeah, I this yeah, like I said, this group is is really talented. I don't think we should expect too much for the World Cup in 2022, but 2026 I'm really really excited about. And this group is really focused towards that World Cup. Uh Sergino Dest came out and he said, you know, look out for us in 2026. We're looking to win it. And that's a statement. Like I don't think we've ever had that kind of confidence in a group. So it's cool to see these young kids like having that kind of confidence that kind of, you know, that sits well with me. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to expect too much from them right away because yes, just as typically American, what we do definitely. as Americans um, or it, um, yeah, you don't want to expect too much, but you want to let them grow. And, and I'm excited. I'm Americans, excited. We, have, we really tend to have say. this bad habit where we don't like it when we're not the best at something. Um, sometimes we just act like we're the best. Yeah. Then again, you, you have to look right now, okay, if we're not getting results in CONCACAF, then we should we should panic. You know, people are like, oh, don't worry, these games don't matter. It, sh it shouldn't be a big deal. If Brazil played Panama and those guys with, you know, their reserves, they would they would destroy them. You know what I mean? We should be blowing yes. past yeah. these teams easily. And then you have to sit and think, okay, how far away are we from Belgium? from France, from Portugal. Because if you're talking about winning a World Cup, these are the teams you have to get through. And people say, would, would Pulisic yeah. make the England national team right now? I don't know. It's borderline. Like, would he? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that, that's, a really, that's a really good question. Would he make the, you know, yeah. 
great yeah, players. Really, that's a really good question. Say, okay, I don't know. Yeah, we have talent, but look at look at the Giants ahead of us right now. That's where we have to be. So it's all about getting comfortable results where we are, and then preparing after that. It's it's not easy at all, man. I mean, yeah, I think I think as a as a country, we're really starting to do good things with our youth. I think you know the academy system is making good strides. It's definitely way better. It's miles better than it was when we were like that age. Um, you know, you see more kids in Europe. We're, we're doing really good recruitment with the national team. That's good. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, people also need to realize we're, we're still so young to the sport. You know, MLS has only been around for what, a little over 20 years, like 25 years, you know, not, not even 30 years. I mean, we're talking about, I'm here in Germany. We're talking about clubs that have been around, you know, older than my grandpa and grandma. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, they've been doing it for way longer. They've had a system for way longer. Um, their style of coaching here in Europe and, you know, with these big countries is technique first, ball first. Um, and that's, you know, I, you know, now that, we're, you know, you've been in Europe and I've been in Europe, uh, that is something that I've seen as, a, as an American. Yeah, sure. Like I can outrun these kids no matter what, but every single one of these boys yeah. are comfortable on the ball. Like they can, they're good. They're okay. They're like, you know, very good technique. Um, most like way better than I'd seen, like when I was training amongst in the USL, um, definitely better than college uh so yeah it, we're still we're still developing yeah, as a country for some reason we just seem so blown away from athletic ability at a young age here okay great yeah he's fast he's strong okay but uh technical ability is number one because you can't just develop that overnight it's something like your brain needs to understand year after year after year and how to improve it physical ability right now i'm so out of shape i can become and I can get into good shape in a month. You know what I mean? Just from hard work. So. True. Yeah. That's why, that's why they, um, pride and take pride in technical, uh, development so much more and they're right. So, and that's why they're producing good players. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. I think on the, on the other hand though, I think, you know, America is definitely a place of athletes, you know, Americans are typically very athletic and more athletic than a lot of other countries. Uh, but I think if you take athleticism, I think that's what we're starting to see with this group that's been called into the national team. Um, these are kids that are athletic, but have had a really solid football background and they got the technical ability as well. So I think you're seeing, you're going to see a very unique styles of American soccer, something that you haven't seen in the past. Um, you know, we're we're a very hard working uh type of people uh work ethic is through the roof and you combine that with somebody that is very good, solid te uh technically and tactically i mean the the like the limit yeah. is through the roof uh you know so it's really exciting really exciting and i look forward to what on thursday if uh everybody should definitely tune in um and you know 
give this uh, give this game a, a watch against Wales, and then there's another one I believe it's on the weekend against Paraguay. So that's two good games I would watch to kind of see this new group. Yeah, and I mean I'll both really those teams will it. probably be trying out some younger players too, so it'll be exciting. It'll they'll be fun games to watch. A lot of talent for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Polly, also, you know, we we earlier we were talking about you know coaching the youth and. Uh, whatnot. You just kind of finished up the season coaching your younger brother's team, Teddy. Um, tell tell yeah, us so about the season as was, a coach. Um, this past week on Monday, and we had a two-week break before our last game, and we did end up losing 1-0, but it okay. was by far our best performance all year. Um, it takes a lot for me to be pleased after a loss. Usually, regardless, I'm just pissed no matter what, but I was, I was really happy with their performance. I mean, they just kept the ball. The shape was perfect. The patterns of play were were great. I mean, maybe it was because we played on turf and it's easier for them, you know, play on a flat surface. I don't know. Um, but at the yeah. end of the day, I mean, I think we went five wins, six losses. And it was, it was a really productive year because we're playing in a U19 division and half of my team are 14 and 15-year-olds, you know. That's the... Uh, yeah, it's due to just yeah, the lack no, it's of big kids time. trying out this year, wanting to play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for what we had, we almost didn't even have a team, so we just had to combine all these kids together. So for what we had, I thought we did really well in, in the division we played in. I was I was really happy. And those that younger group, luckily, you know, is kind of like a golden generation here in my town. Um, so having them play with a bunch of older kids was even better for their development because physically they couldn't, you know, get past or rely on their speed anymore. It was a matter of, okay, how am I going to play now with all these big kids? How am I going to manage to keep the ball, protect it, find space to receive stuff like that, you know? So it was a, it was a challenge for them, but they handled it really well. And now I'm excited for, to see them play in the future. Uh, with that, Said to the older guys, you know, our captain, nice. our goalkeeper, he was like 18, 19, he's a senior. Um, they were great, too. They helped massively. Um, uh, no, like, annoying personalities. Everybody was okay with each other, even, you know, despite the five-year age gap. Like, it, it, it all worked out really well. Um, it was a great year, really. Nice. That's good. Nice. What, um... Who who was maybe like your biggest surprise? I'd have to who say surprised our, you the most our center back. His name is Max. Um, Max is always you know watching him play and develop. He's always been um, year after year developing like crazy. And something that really st- stands out for him is just uh, his decision making. He's always trying the right thing. Even you know as a t- when he was a twelve year old, it wouldn't always work out. He's always trying the right thing. You know. And, He's watching games. He understands the game, and his acceleration is ridiculous. Like his catch-up speed. So it was always it was tricky for me this year. I'm like, okay, he's gonna be playing against some men, you know, 18, 19 year old men. Do I still play him at center back? You know, how's what's that gonna be like? You know, for him, five years older playing center back. And honestly, he was mm. he was ridiculous. He yeah. played so well the entire year. He, you know, obviously he had a couple of mistakes, nice. but he was he was consistent. He kept the ball really well, and he still caught up to most guys, you know, when when tracking back. So he, he definitely it was it was Max, and 
I tell him all the time, I'm really excited to see him when he's, um, when he's older, you know, as long as he keeps trying the right thing and keeps working on his touch, you know, getting the fundamentals right. So, yeah. Nice, man. No, that's, that's exciting. Um, it's always good to see, you know, someone flourish under you. Uh, you know, someone that surprises you, it's always nice to see and you see them developing and that's really, um, yeah, that's one of the best feelings as a coach. You know, you, you're coaching a kid all season long and you yeah. see him develop. You don't really and, you know, realize how really much good. you love watching um, your players develop, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you kind of, you take a passion into it. Um, especially at that youth level, it's it's really cool because they develop so quickly. Um, especially if they, you know, they start to have like a passion and a love for it. They really, really take to it. Two things here, Polly, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. What is your, what was your biggest learning curve? And what's what was maybe the number one thing you took Ooh, away from um, the season? Good question. I would have to say, uh, I would have to say taking it just you know one step at a time, one week at a time. I have a really bad habit of putting too much into my players' heads sometimes, and I've noticed that from certain weeks when I'm giving them a lot mm-hmm. of information, whereas one week we're going to focus on this. I, I can see that it helps taking it one thing at a time, you know, based off the game. We, okay, we didn't do this well. We got to work on it specifically this week. Instead of just kind of mentioning hop around from thing to thing. Um, it's just it's so important to really focus on uh, the details of, you know, player development slowly because that's, you know, it gets into their head much easier that way. You know, even me as a player, you know, when we were – like at Reddish and you, you know, our, our manager at the time, he'd say a million things mm-hmm. at once. And like, yeah, it was, it was all, you know, amazing information. But when it, when you go slower, it, it helps you more as a player. Cause then you just focus on that one specific thing. And then you're like, okay, yeah, now I have that in my head. Let me move on to the next thing. But then, you know, everybody learns differently too. So I don't know. That's just what I've noticed. I feel like I got more out of my players when I took it slowly, like, okay, this week we're going to work on defensive shape and we're like 80% defensive shape. This is what we got to do. So you guys have that in your head from now on. Yeah, no, those are, those are some spot on uh, takeaways. Uh, it is tough. It is tough. You know, uh, you, you got the balance between and coach, like, you know, uh, when you're coaching, you have to work on something, but also you still want to develop them. You don't want to spend too much time on working on one thing when they're like at a young age, but also, you know, you have to get into their heads at a certain age that, you know, training will start to turn more tactical as you get older. Uh, and they got to be exposed to that. So no hats off to you, man. That's really cool. I remember when you called me up and said you were going to take the U the U 19s, uh, and Teddy's team was going to be doing it. Uh, I was really excited for you. Yeah, so um, awesome to hear. It was a good experience. Forward to another year and just coaching in general. Hope we stick with it and, you know, keep doing it. Learn a lot from it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, for, thank you for tuning in. That's all from us. Um, and tune in back next week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, it was good to get back on and you know get the All Things Footy podcast back going. Back again.